You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 43. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits, everyone. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am your host here today to discuss the coronavirus, COVID-19. Now, I had a lot of other things I was prepared to talk about, but this seems to be all the rage. It is all over the news. College campuses from coast to coast and border to border are closing down everywhere. And it just became very aware to me that this just seemed like one of those timely things that I shouldn't move past and I should discuss on the show because it's happening. And the first thoughts I had whenever this started to reverberate throughout the college landscape was what it was like to go to college at Ball State University, where we would often get very heavy thunder, uh, thunderstorms. Well, we got those too, but very heavy snowstorms. And then even more so when I went to the University of Florida, and we would have hurricanes. In one particular year, we had four that came in all within like a same three-month period. Um, absolutely crazy to go through these hurricanes just one after another, after another, after another. And this response that our college education system seems to be having is, well, they don't seem to be having it. They're having it. But to me, it seems like they're coming at it very much like they would if a natural disaster was occurring in the city and the surrounding community where the college was located. And I just can't forget how much fun we always turned those hurricanes into the hurricane parties that we would have. Uh, we would go to the store and stock up on uh, basically the essentials, beer and cigarettes and, you know, whatever food we thought we'd want to eat for four days or that would, that would last if the electricity went out. Um, unfortunately, this is not going to just magically disappear as quickly as a hurricane does. And, now we're looking at the long-term implications of a semester getting shortened right around spring break. And it doesn't look like these campuses are going to be able to reopen before uh, the semester would normally have ended. And so therefore, a lot of you, uh, if not all of you, are being asked to find different housing, different places to live, uh, different places to go. And it just seems like there's not going to be an easy way for a lot of you to get home to find another place to live if you're international students, if you're not the best of friends with people who live off campus and you can just crash with them. And unfortunately, very similar to a natural disaster where the stores uh, probably would stay open. And I'm assuming that, you know, as long as this doesn't turn into a, you know, worst case scenario where everybody has to stay inside their homes, businesses are going to stay open. Unlike in a hurricane where the grocery stores would close and you would only find the random Chinese restaurant willing to make food for you if you drove there during a hurricane. <laughs> I remember one time getting in my 300ZX, which 
did not have the best weight in the back. And so the tail end liked to slide during huge thunderstorms and driving in a hurricane to, to pick up like $400 worth of Chinese food for the 15 people staying at my apartment. Um, grocery stores and things like that are going to stay open. The economy is going to keep moving. Uh, unless this turns into just the absolute worst case scenario, which it's not showing itself to be. Um, many other countries have are way ahead of us on this and don't seem to be showing any signs of that. I mean, Italy is having one hell of a time over there. Um, and according to some of the news sources I've been listening to, because it's everywhere, um, you know, we're about a week or two behind them. Uh, the stockpiling of toilet paper, and I mean, today I went into Trader Joe's and the line was so long and all I wanted was tortillas. <laughs> and I had to go to, to three different stores until I finally found a CVS that had no line and had just as much food as, you know, some of these grocery stores. Uh, it was a big CVS and no one was there. And it was like, you could literally do all your shopping right here. We were willing to pay an extra 25%. Um, my point being is that some of this stockpiling seems to be um, on the side of ludicrous. And it really got me thinking too, for college students who are whether this is still true or not, I'm going to assume that it is generally considered to be poor and living, you know, hand to mouth and paycheck to paycheck. Um, I don't even know if you have the money to stockpile two weeks worth of food and to spend all of this extra income. And then you don't have your job because if you're on campus or if you were working at, you know, a local retail store or restaurant, all of a sudden you find that the business that would have, you know, gotten you the tip money you needed or the hours you needed to be able to afford this food is, is gone, right? Whereas in a hurricane, we might lose power for a few days. The restaurant might close for three or four days. Overall, we're going to be fine because as soon as everything powers back up, so does the economy of the campus. And boom, next thing you know, TGI Fridays is just as busy. And we might have to buckle down and not spend as much money at the bar as we normally would have, but we're going to be able to pay rent. We're going to be able to keep our cell phones going and our car insurance up to date. And so um, look into those things that will be able to help you financially. We'll see what the government's able to do with you know, food stamps or unemployment or whatever that might be. And this podcast isn't going to sit here and, and tell you things like social distance and wash your hands and minimize your face touching and contacting health providers if you don't feel well because you've heard that. You've heard all of that. And if I'm, if it's even possible for me to bring you any information that you haven't already thought of or looked into, but it's important that you keep your head on straight when things like this happen. And you really take note of your level of preparation when things like this happen. See, the losing of the minds in, in this in this bum rush to get inside the stores and buy up all the toilet paper and beans and rice, it's funny from a distance. But whenever you just want to go inside of a store and get some tortillas, all of a sudden you realize that this, this is panic mode that a lot of people are in. And I don't know if down the line they're going to, it will turn out that closing the campuses was the best idea, that shutting down all the sports leagues was, was the best idea, canceling March Madness. I mean, when you're asking a city to host a tournament where, you know, 20,000 fans are all going to clamor inside of an, of a, an arena, um, when you're asking all of these cities to host these professional sports leagues where 30,000, 40,000 people show up to see the game and then maybe double that are still just in the city because it's happening. 
I can see why those kind of things need to be um, throttled back, um, maybe shut down altogether. Uh, you know, again, I'm not a health expert, so by no means am I going to sit here and try to judge what these leagues are doing with the litigation fury that could come if somebody did get sick while at a basketball game, even if they chose to be there. You know, I see. Um, the legal repercussions that could come and certainly the health implications whenever you begin to look at it at a broader scope of is it really wise to be putting tens of thousands of people in an area. Reeling it back in and, and making it more local for you, when you think about having this happen on a college campus, you know, there's generally not going to be too many of those classes that have over two, three, four hundred people in them. Most of the time, it's a much smaller classroom environment. You, of course, can't control how people are traveling to and from uh, the campus as far as leaving the, the campus, leaving the city, the state, the country, and coming back and bringing it. And it could easily just sweep through an entire college community um, if it's not looked at from the, the health and safety perspective. Uh, again, hindsight being what it is, they might turn around and realize that this wasn't as bad. You know, I as it wasn't as bad as people think. I still think that not enough of us are being tested. I certainly think that if if they if we had been tested and were being tested as thoroughly as some other other countries, our numbers would already be way higher. This death percentage of about two or three percent would go back down to where the normal flu. We're losing like tens of thousands of people a year to the flu. While this is sweeping around the world very quickly, um, it doesn't seem to ultimately be any worse than the normal flu would be when we're losing 30,000, 40,000 people a year to it. Uh, and why I'm saying all of this is because these kind of things will happen again in the future. And the, whether you live in a city where a natural disaster can go down or whether you live in a, in a city that's relatively free from that kind of mayhem, but then this goes down, ask yourself, uh, one, you know, look at the college that you're going to and see how well do you think that they took care of it? Well, how well were they watching out after the students? How well were they watching after you to make sure you had somewhere to go if all of a sudden your key card's no longer working in, at your dormitory? And your parents live 3,000 miles away, and you've had a campus job working 15 hours, and you're, you get your student loans and your financial aid, and that's barely covering the bills. You know, ask yourself, how well is my college campus helping me out? And then take the responsibility for how well are you helping yourself out? How well have you been planning ahead, stocking a little bit of money away for that, rain, that proverbial rainy day, which now is here? where your job isn't happening, so you're going to be out of a paycheck for a little while, right? For It could be for the rest of the semester, you know, and if your job like mine was at a restaurant that was fueled by the college campus, you know, you're still going to get some of those locals to go out and eat, but I still work at a, at a local hotel here in Los Angeles, and our business has been crushed. We're throttling back shifts and hours, and luckily, you know, I always have this mentality of keeping a couple months' worth of money set aside for bills in case I do something or something happens to me where I can't work. And I only have that kind of mentality because I broke my leg in 2017 and couldn't work for three or four months, and luckily I had a huge savings account, and it didn't bother me at all that I wasn't able to work for those three months. Since the government shut down last year, and we learned that a majority of Americans, I think it was somewhere in the upwards of 60% or more, yeah, right around there, let's just say. I'm not trying to inflate statistics by any stretch of the imagination, but it was quite a huge 
amount of Americans didn't even have money saved up for a $400 surprise bill, let alone to be able to go a whole month without a a job. And now we're going to start seeing substantial amounts of Americans having to go through this, where now this it's not a one $400 surprise bill, but it's all of the bills. There, you've lost your job or your job has said we're closing doors or whatever might be happening. And you can't just fire the government back up and say, okay, we're going to sign off on this bill. And now everybody's back to work and it's fine. This is going to be an issue now going on into the stages of summer. And so where have you helped yourself be prepared for just being able to afford your food? Uh, What are you going to be doing now when it comes to paying your rent? And these are just things that you're going to want to be thinking about where you start to ask yourself, what are the healthy habits you've set up for yourself to make sure that you're always taken care of? One of the main things that I took from my college experience into my 30s and then when I got sober at the beginning of my 40s was I have to make sure that I am always responsible for me, that I can always take care of my basic human needs because I can't rely upon anyone else. It will come a time where the government will be stretched too thin, like in this kind of situation where everybody needs help, right? And if you're relying on the government to move quickly and swiftly to get you financial aid so that you can afford your bare necessities, um, you could be waiting an awful long time because the line's 350 million people long. So as you're going through this now, this will end. It will go away. And one day we'll look at it and we'll laugh about the people with the Costco carts, you know, 7,500 rolls deep of toilet paper. But we're going to be feeling the reverberations of this in our economy and in our lifestyle for the rest of the year. People are going to be talking about, and mark my words, once it gets to time to talk, start talking about Christmas, which I'm assuming will be about August, <laughs> with the way, the way our society likes to get into the Christmas spirit earlier and earlier and earlier. But you watch. People are going to start talking about how this is going to affect the holidays. As once we're out of it and it starts, we start discussing what the economic toll was, people are going to be discussing how this is going to affect Christmas. And it will, because there will be this month's gap where we lost our earning power. So one of the big things you can take away from this, you know, this, again, I'm, I'm going to use the word, the term natural disaster, but even though it's this virus is, you know, you got to look at it like, what if there was a calamity like Hurricane Katrina, where all of the businesses and houses and whole swaths of New Orleans were wiped out and no one could ever return back to normal life, let alone get back the financial losses they took. This isn't going to be as bad as far as devastating entire city, but it's certainly going to be bad as far as devastating a lot of people's financial stability. And one of the things you'll need to learn as you get older is that you're in charge of your financial stability. You're the one who decides how much of your money you make gets spent on your bills, what bills should be a priority, how new your phone needs to be, how much extracurriculars you need to be doing, how much money are you blowing at the bar or on social gatherings and movies and entertainment. See, this whole episode could be about taking time to catch up on classes and visit with friends and walk around a relatively empty campus and just enjoy all this free time you get. But you're also going to want to really, you know, sort of put the pedal to the metal is figuring out, let's stay up to date on your classes. You know, come up with a plan. 
you know, when it comes to how are you going to stay on track with school? Because grade or grade being an A or grade being a C, there's a lot of classes that you're taking where the material is really important to your long-term success with your major when you leave college and go on into the workforce. And no one semester is going to determine your entire future success in your chosen field, but you're certainly not going to want to miss out on important material that will need to be built upon next semester. So come up with a plan of action when it comes to your schooling. And we're not leaving the financial side apart, but I, I just want to make sure that there is, there is a conversation here around the fact that since your classes went from being in person and now all of a sudden go online, building up a plan and a strategy to make sure that you stay on track with those is going to be very imperative. Go back and use the priority for focus method I talked about in episode two with Tom Rigsby, where each day you get four focuses and one priority. Figure out what that priority needs to be as far as your education goes. What is that one class that you need to make sure that you that you read the newest chapter or that you get the, the paper? Perhaps you've got a huge term paper. You know, so you want to keep up with your reading and you don't lose sight of the semester project timelines and deadlines that are coming up because the teachers are still going to want your your papers turned in. Don't lose sight of that long-term term paper strategy that you had built up, right? Because if you've been listening to all my other shows, then you have this plan in place. So make sure that you're prioritizing and focusing, staying up to date with your schooling. If that is something that this campus lockdown hasn't really just totally thrown a wrench into. For some of you, you might find yourself in a situation where you're hoping that you can find housing, where you're hoping you can pay your rent. And if that's the case, it's going to be very difficult for you to focus on school, but you have to be able to figure out a way to prioritize that as well. Go out and, and, and if it's possible for you to find another job that hasn't been affected by this, and I don't really can't think of any sector off the top of my head that won't be affected by this, then you know, start Googling ways that you can get some uh, immediate relief. Hopefully you have been saving some of that money. But when it comes to your schooling, do everything possible to stay on track. I didn't do this whenever those hurricanes came in. It was two kegs of beer and a bunch of bottles of liquor and two cartons of smokes. And and here we go. Let's rock and roll. How how much weed did we buy? Because we're going to need it to last for the next six days while we're stuck inside of our apartment because this hurricane is destroying my city. And so I wouldn't necessarily do it the way I did it. Um, you know, it was fun at the time and it wasn't a deadly virus, but I remember plenty of my friends taking the time to study and keeping up to date on their schooling. And meanwhile, I didn't do any of that. I was very blessed at one point to live in an apartment that even when the rest of the apartment complex lost electricity, my building wouldn't. I never quite figured out why that was the case. I just remember that's why we had 15 people in our apartment. It's because people knew we had electricity, so they'd bring over their food, and we would just put all of the booze in the bathtub and all their food in the refrigerator and freezers, and then we'd roll a grill outside the front door, and we would just sit there and grill up our food all day long. Now, that was a hilarious way for us to spend a hurricane for this particular incident in our society. This is a virus. This is a health epidemic. It needs to be taken seriously, but also... And this is another one of my power plans here. Stop watching so much news. 
All right, these people are making their money off of your eyeballs. It's just like all the social media apps that are free. They make their money off of ads. So if they make this boring, you're not going to want to keep watching. So they have to make it exciting. They have to sit here and come up with worst case scenarios and freak everyone out because that's why you keep the news on. You don't need the news on to tell you that another 10 people in this particular city or that particular city just came down with the coronavirus. Go ahead and just assume that over the next few weeks, hundreds of thousands of people are going to be diagnosed with this if we actually start taking the time to test. And we're not taking the time to test because people don't want to know that the number's higher. And in fact, it seems that it's only affecting the very, very old or the already weak and infirmed and that it's and that it's not necessarily attacking the the hot places. I, I'm not really sure if that's real news or, or not, but it seems to be that the virus prefers colder habitats, right? All this is it is whatever it is. Stay away from watching too much news because it's really just going to stress you out, give you more anxiety. Take turn it off. Listen to some great music. Check out my podcasts and all my archives. Listen to other podcasts if you like. Do things that relax you as well. If you're lucky enough to find yourself in a situation where you can just go home and live back with the parents for for some time, then you're not even in financial stress right now. Right? You're basically you just get to go home, you get to eat the food there, you get to stay up to date on your studies, you get to socialize, you get to enjoy. And for a lot of you, this is going to drastically affect your spring break. I mean, I I feel very crushed for all the college athletes who are seniors who have worked so hard to become the best at their particular sport, who are really looking forward to being able to go out uh, with a championship run um, and now aren't going to be able to have that. So this is going to just, well, we will be talking about the coronavirus um, forever to come. It will get brought up. If nothing else, there'll be people who will remember what happened to them on their campus, what happened to them at their sport. So this this is something that will reverberate and be discussed. I think it'll go down as like a 9-11 style event where people will always remember what was going on in their lives when this happened. And so you want to be able to look back as much as possible and say that you were doing the best you could for yourself. When it comes to alternate housing, for those of you who don't have your parents, hopefully you have friends on campus. Everybody can get together, pool their resources, be able to stockpile some food. If one of you guys gets sick, then what happens? Like we just, there's so many unknowns. So control the things that you do know. Control the things that, you, which are your actions. Control that. Don't get yourself thrown into a panic. You know, don't ostracize yourself more than necessary away from the regular world uh, because we like human connection. We like human contact. You know, we are blessed to have such an information uh, machine that just sits in our pockets so that we can always be on our phones, which is fantastic as far as being able to communicate with people and not have to necessarily be face-to-face. I don't think that the way our society has been communicating through the phones over the last 10 years has been the most healthy way, and this is going to just drive us deeper into that habit. And we call this show College Success Habits because we really want to make sure that you're choosing the habits that lead your life in a very conscious, self-aware way. So look at the way you're behaving during this crisis. Look at the way that you have saved your money. Look at the way that you have been able to prepare when things all of a sudden go haywire and you have to be able to rely on yourself even more than you already have been. 
don't expect there to always be somebody opening up a parachute for you. You have to have made your own parachute. You have to have prepared yourself. Because down the line, when you're somebody like me, you know, in their 40s, I don't have anyone who's going to help me out. I don't have parents ready to throw me $10,000 if I can't keep living in L.A. I I don't have, uh, there's not going to be other jobs that are just clamoring to hire me whenever everybody else around me is looking for another job, right? What other secondary, uh, tertiary kind of sources of income have you set up for yourself? How have you prepared? I'm lucky that I've got multiple credit cards that sit empty that have the ability to have money spent on them. And while I don't want to go into debt over this, I do know that I'll be able to pay my bills. And so I've got myself the safety net I need to provide for me. Has has my speaking gigs are getting canceled because college campuses are closing? Has the amount of people that I can interview for this show is going down because they're leaving the campus and they're going back to their homes and staying there? Right? Everything I do relies upon a strong, healthy, forward-moving economy. That's going to generally be for all of you. And so during these show notes, um, one of the things I super highlighted was the money concern. Have you been saving? Do you have money for food? Can you even stockpile food? You know, when this thing ends, we all as a collective unit need to look upon um, our government officials, our city officials, local, state, federal, everybody that was that had a hand in the decision-making process to make sure that they did it effectively and swiftly in order to help. At, look around at your college campus and see where you think that they could have done it better and then bring that up to the administration professionals and the administrators who are in charge because this was just happened now and we didn't see it coming. It may take another 20 years for another one of these kind of things to occur. But the most important thing is that we learn from how our society has interacted with this whole disease and, and, and interacted with ourselves and did you go out and buy $174 worth of paper <laughs> paper towels and toilet paper whenever you could have been spending that money on something way more wise? Um, did you even need to stockpile food the way that you did? So in closing, as this whole thing wraps up, um, it's so many different moving pieces to what's happening. And we won't really know um, if... We not, it's not we won't really know. We will not know if the way we have behaved was proactive or reactive or positive or, or negative until this thing is way over. Right? We won't even know if shutting all of this stuff down really helped us control it or if it just exacerbated an issue and elongated the amount of time it takes for it to run its course through our society. We won't know these things for some time. What you can know now is that you're in control of your actions. So figure out what it is that you can do to help yourself now and really take note of the things that are occurring around you that you're not happy with, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with the way your community is reacting to this, so that whenever it's done, we can all think with a more level head, we can better prepare for the next time. 
if this was a trial run for what it'll be like in the future when we have a, a national attack on our electric grid or global warming really does just finally come and just pop us one or another one of these viruses turn into a pandemic and the entire nation's on freakout mode. If this was all a trial run for that, we are not doing well. Give us like a C, a strong C right now, because we're just sort of towing the line and we don't know if it's going to go down to a D or an F or if we're going to come out of it and all of a sudden it's going to be glorious. And it turns out that all of these steps that we've started to take with curbing the size of public gatherings and making sure that we talk a lot about washing hands and hand sanitizer. And by the way, (laughs) washing hands is not just a pandemic issue. (laughs) The fact that all of a sudden there's been a run on soap leads me to believe that either people haven't been using it as much as they should, or they literally want to have like four years worth as if this will still be going on past, you know, what is it? Labor day. So just be very mindful of, what's happening around you and taking note of it so that when this is all done, that you can really sit down and think, what can I do to better prepare myself for the next time the carpet gets pulled out from under me and I'm expected to survive with um, limited resources for uh, an X amount of time. And then look at what your school did and then bring up any problems that you've seen to the administration so that this can be better prepared for in the future. Asking international students and those out-of-state students or even in-state students who might live 30 miles away from home, but their families are not prepared to take them back in. Some campuses are setting up systems to keep the kids in the dorms. Others are not. And there needs to be a system that works for everyone, not just the privileged or not just the ones who are able to have the higher-paying jobs who can afford to have the bank accounts. A system needs to be put in place so that Everyone can stay in that college bubble, if you will, where they can learn and they can experience in a protected environment that cares about their well-being, their health and safety. I don't doubt that the shutting down of these colleges and universities is being um, thought of as a way to help with the health and safety. But if you're putting the student body at risk of not having... um, comfortable housing, not having the food that they that they need, then all of a sudden this decision wasn't really um, proactive for those students. And then it really wasn't for the betterment of their health and safety. When they might be, re- when you literally might be relying on your student card to get you into that student cafeteria, and now all of a sudden your card is shut off and you can't even get back into your dorm. There's just so much going on. Be aware of what it is you're doing now, take note of it, and really dive deep into it once this is all over. And in many cases, this, the way this is happening is you can literally be involved in taking care of yourself and being proactive, and it's also that you can step outside of it and really watch your reactions. Watch your friends. See how everyone around you is reacting to this, and you can literally be orchestrating a better response to this while you're responding to this. This isn't like all of a sudden here comes a tornado and you have to be reacting every single second could mean life or or death. This is a very slow moving issue. And therefore you can be very, very focused not only on responding in the moment, but stepping outside of that and being able to formulate a better response as you are responding. 
It's brilliant and it's beautiful when you have the opportunity to do that. So don't miss this opportunity. Understand what you're doing now. Step back and understand how you could be doing it better and really begin to formulate a longer-term plan and strategy for when this kind of stuff happens. Because when you find out that 60-some-odd percent of the nation can't afford a $400 emergency bill or doesn't have enough money to, to make it through the next month's rent without being able to go to work, you don't want to be in that position. And if it means curtailing your spending, being more mindful of how you use your time so that you can get better grades or you can increase your earning potential, whatever it might be, see the situation for what it is. It's happening and you are in way more control of it than the news is letting you on. That's all we have to say for that right now. Be blessed. Inclusive, not exclusive. Do not lock somebody outside of your house thinking that they're a zombie. (laughs) You can let your friend in and they can share in your ramen noodles. I assure you, if we all support one another as a community, we will make it through this just fine. And down the line, we can sit here and say, you know what? (laughs) We we did okay, but we could have done a hell of a lot better. The power of positive energy, everyone. Release it. Flow. Take care. Bye-bye. 